Welcome to Activate Church Podcast and thanks for listening. We hope this message helps you and we pray that God speaks to you through this week's message. Are we ready for the word? Yeah. I really want to encourage you today, okay? I've got a whole stack of scriptures for you. Is that all right if we do that? I, I, I do enjoy sort of showing you that what I'm talking about is not just something I've made up. Um, and uh, I would love to just, you know, share, share this with you. Uh, why don't you bow your heads, we'll pray. Father, thank you in Jesus' name for every person in this place. Lord, I believe with all my heart you've got something to say to everyone in this room. And Father God, I believe that it's your desire we would leave this place saying it was good to have been at church today. And Father God, I pray, Lord, that above everything else, that God, people would know how much you love them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. When I was in um, Bible college, um, our church had a mission field out in Vanuatu. They actually had a church there. They had multiple churches, actually. And, um, and so we went there to go do some work there and to preach and to help the, the locals and do whatever. And it was an absolutely fantastic experience. Um, some things caught me off guard. You know, it's amazing because it was the first time I was in a third world country. Um, some of you might not think of, as Vanuatu as being a third world country, but the places where we went to, let me assure you, they were third world and um, I remember we went along this track in a, in a, uh, in a, a ute and we were going up this hill and it should have only taken us about 20 minutes as the, as the crow flies, but, you know, going up the mountain and everything else took us about two and a half hours. And um, eventually we get to this sort of plateau and um, I remember when we got to, there was, there was a little village there, like huts and everything, full-on huts, the whole lot. And I remember the grass... It was, like, it was like a huge football field, and the grass was completely flat, like level, like, like someone's front lawn out in Wonturna somewhere. And I'm thinking, this is a plateau, we're up in the mountains, you know, how it... I'm thinking, maybe they've got cattle that just sort of eat it at the same level or something, or sheep. And then I thought, no, obviously they've got some sort of sickle that they just sort of walk along and cut the... Anyway, I wanted to see how, how it was done. So I asked the pastor, so we're walking along with all my college friends. And I said, pastor, how do you keep the grass so, so level? And he said, we have a lawnmower. <laughs> That's what he said. Well, that was first year Bible college. People were still laughing about that at four year, fourth year Bible college. <laughs> People were still laughing about that. And... Uh, and so these people weren't as primitive as I thought they were. And, uh, and so we ended up going to dinner at their homes. And this was, this, this was the part that really blew me away. We were going to their house for dinner, and they were serving up things like chicken and, and so forth and so on. And, you know, as we were eating this food, sometimes it didn't taste the best. But I was actually with my senior pastor at the time. And as the couple walked away and we had all this food, my pastor said, you realise that this is two months worth of wages for us to eat this food I said wow and I remember looking down in in their huts and their their their, their floor was really flat and level but it was a dirt floor literally just a dirt floor nothing on it no clay or hardened pottery or anything just just a I couldn't believe it it was just like a dirt floor but yet when I saw the couple in this hut and their children, they were so happy. Like there was a happiness inside of them that I cannot explain. I'd never seen it in my life, how happy they were. And then I thought, well, maybe it's this couple. Then we went to another person's home. Again, dirt floors. Some people, 
a whole family living in an area of maybe three metres by three metres. Whole family. The kitchen in there as well. Their beds just over there. Nicely made up, but just there on the floor. But really, really happy. Just laughing, carrying on, enjoying their lives. So then we come back to Australia. And I went to dinner to another couple's home who had just joined our church. And they had granite bench tops, Caesar stone, stainless steel appliances, and they were completely unhappy. Can you believe that? Dirt floors, really happy. Caesar stone bench tops, granite, stainless steel appliances, 36 square home, yet unhappy. How, how does that work? Because, see, the more stuff you're supposed to have, the happier you're supposed to be, isn't it? Because that, that, well, that's what the world tells us. You know, the more stuff you've got, the better it is, the newer it is, the happier you're going to be. So pursue that. Pursue it because that's what will make you happy. Well, funny enough, the guys in Vanuatu did not have that yet. They were completely happy. The people who did have it were not happy. So what's the problem with that? What, what, what was going on? Well, see, there is a force in this world. Why wasn't that lady who was living in her beautiful Melbourne home with 36 square, why wasn't she happy with her granite bench top? Because her neighbour's got a marble bench top. That's why she's not happy. So she was putting her hand all over the granite, and I said, beautiful bench top. She said, yeah, yeah, it's nice, but next door's got a marble one. Oh, you've got to see that one. And I went, wow, there it is. There it is. Are you ready for it? This is what I want to talk to you guys about today. The spirit of comparison. Guys, the spirit of comparison will completely destroy your life and my life. It'll destroy anything it can get its hands on. And I want to talk to you guys about that today because I believe it is the most destructive force on this earth. Young people, you've got to listen to me. Comparison will completely lead you to a place of unhappiness. And today I'm praying that God through his word will show you that it is not God's will for us to live a life of comparison. I'm telling you now, the people in Vanuatu were completely happy. Why? Because everyone had a dirt floor. Nobody was comparing it because that's just what they had. And to be quite honest, I don't even think they cared about what other people had. They were just so thankful for what they did have. Do you know the whole reason that our earth is experiencing what it is experiencing, the sin, the darkness, all of that started because Adam and Eve sinned against God. So we know that, right? But why did they sin against God? What led them to want to do that? Well, do you realize that the whole reason that Adam and Eve even did that was because they were led into comparison? Have a look at it. Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 5. The serpent comes to Eve and he says, Hey, listen, eat of, the, eat, of the tree, uh, uh, eat of this tree. She says, No, we can't touch it because if we eat of it, then we're going to die. And the, and the serpent says, You won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your, what is it? Your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. Hey, listen, I'll tell you what, he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong about that. Her eyes definitely were opened. And you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. You will be like God, knowing both good. In other words, hey, listen, you, re- you realize that you and God, you're not like each other. And what he basically did was that day, the devil signed her up to Instagram. That's what he did. He basically said, you realize that there's a whole lot of world out there that you haven't got. 
You realize there's a whole lot of life that you're missing out on. You realize there's a whole lot of stuff out there that God is holding back on you. And by the way, do you realize that you are not like God? Because if you eat of the tree, you will become like God. But right now, you are not like God. Friends, we all know that that's not the truth because the Bible says that Adam and Eve were made in the image of God. See, they were already like God. They weren't God, but they were already like God. He didn't say that they would actually become God. He was just saying, if you eat of this tree, you will become like God. Well, the truth was they were already like God. But they bought into a lie. What was the lie? There is something missing from your life. There is more out there. And you should do whatever you've got to do, whatever you've got to do, even going against God's command so that you can have everything that you think that you need. Well, guess what? Their eyes were open. Didn't they open? And now listen, let me ask you all a question. Was it a positive experience that their eyes were opened? What did they see? Do you know what the Bible tells us they saw? Their nakedness. Do you know, up until that time, they thought that the way that they were was absolutely normal and right. But they then, someone, someone spoke comparison into their life. And all of a sudden, their eyes were opened. Now they were happy, and now they're not. Yeah. 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 Do, can you see that? Yeah. Here, they were completely happy. They're walking around in the mud. They were completely happy. Adam and Eve would see each other and was like, oh, babe, you look gorgeous. Yeah, man, it's the glory. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Armani glory, hun. Devil comes along. Yeah, but you realize there's more. Oh, what is it? Crunch, crunch. Boom. Whoa. And isn't it funny? You know, in sometimes in life, we are so completely happy with the things we've got until someone has the spirit of comparison. Yeah. And comes along and says, hey, listen, great jacket, but you know that there's a better one out there somewhere. And all of a sudden, our eyes are open to it. They were signed up to Instagram. Do you know, I used to think people used to go to work on Mondays. <laughs> Obviously not. Get on Instagram and see what people are doing with their life. While I'm going to work, people, I hate those photos where people show you their knees. You know, they show you their knees. And they show you that beautiful blue water just beyond their knees. How many of you hate that photo? I hate that photo. I hate that photo. Here I am stuck on some freeway somewhere. Yo, I'll just check my phone, not while I'm driving. And bang. And it's like, why can't I be on that holiday? I was so happy just five minutes beforehand. Now I'm completely depressed. Because someone... Come on, don't leave me hanging. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? It's like I was so happy with that, but now I've seen that. Well, I want that because, you know, like, why can't I have that? You know, you know, you, you know what's really bad about that? How come no one ever takes a photo of them sitting in a, in a doctor's lounge waiting, waiting to be seen by the doctor? Why, why don't they take a photo of that? Hey, this is what I'm doing right now. Bang, people sleeping, a couple of old magazines. No, no, no. They've got to show you photos that completely destroy your life. Come on, let's be honest. Hey, but that's the spirit of comparison. Do you know why are we living in a, in a day and age now where, come on, our modern day epidemic is depression, anxiety. Why? Because people have got what they call, it's what they call FOMO. Does anyone know what FOMO is? FOMO, come on, young people, what is it? It's the, it's the fear of missing out. How do you know you're missing out? Because you're watching it. And so everyone thinks they're missing out. That's why people don't RSVP to anything. Because they're like, well, something better might come up. I'll just wait till the last minute. 
Hey, you know, people used to RSVP. Remember those days, everyone? Yeah, I'm, t- I'm talking to a really old generation now. Yeah, people used to actually tell you they were coming to their party. But now on Facebook, it's like, I'm coming. It's, what is it? It's yes, no, and what's the lot? Maybe. Maybe. No, just yes and no, please. I've got to cater for you. I've got to pay 45 bucks a head, actually. Yes, no, maybe. You know what? Something should happen to your phone when you press. Maybe it should just blow up. Hey, that would be awesome. Put some sort of software in there. But boom, that'll teach you we're pressing maybe. Maybe. What's maybe? Yes or no? Jesus said, let your yes be and your no be. Because maybe he's from the... Yeah, that's right. Come on, man. There's some good preaching going on up here today. Hey, can't give someone a high five and say, come on, let's blow up that thing. I mean, um, uh, maybe I should say something more spiritual than that. Okay. Cain and Abel. Cain and Abel. Remember Cain and Abel? The two sons. So the Bible says that Cain offered up his offering to God. Abel offered up his. The Bible tells us that God said to Cain, Cain, I don't really like your offering, but God loved Abel's. Right? And immediately, Cain had something in his heart toward Abel. Immediately. Can we read this? Just have a look at this. this. And then God confronts him about it. Verse 6, it says, Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out, because sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. One day... Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and he killed him. This this scripture gives me great hope that, you know, when I counsel people and they don't listen to a word I say, well, God knows how that feels. Because God, God gave Cain some good advice here and Cain didn't listen to a word God had to say. So sometimes I think to myself, who are you, Pastor Richard, that some people wouldn't listen to what you say? If Cain didn't listen to what God had to say. Like if anyone knows who, what, 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 what the truth is, I think God would know the truth. Yeah. Why did Cain kill Abel? Because of comparison. Because yeah. of comparison, right? Now watch this. Do you know what comparison will lead you to do? If it doesn't kill you, it'll make you want to kill someone else. Now maybe not physically kill them, but something in your heart wants them to fail. And that's what the spirit of comparison does. Why? Because let me say this to you. This is, this is what the enemy says. Someone winning is you losing. Friends, that's not the truth. Someone winning is not you losing. There is enough good. There, there are enough promotions. There's enough Caesar, Caesar stone bench tops. There's enough cars out there. There's enough of everything for everybody to win. And someone getting something in life shouldn't mean that we feel like we are somehow losing. As a pastor, I've got to always watch my heart. If some pastor is winning out there, it doesn't mean I'm losing. I can also be winning. Actually, that guy winning is having no impact on my losing at all. Do you understand? Just because someone's winning, we're supposed to rejoice with those who are rejoicing and weep with those who are weeping. We often find ourselves doing the opposite. You know, there's a young lady in our church, and um, and she was doing the deb, you know, the the deb, you know, school deb. And, and so, you know, those, those dresses are like, they sort of get up around the wedding dress mark when it comes to prices. And so this young girl, 
her dad, unfortunately, has passed away at a very young age. And, um, and so she's going with her mum to go shopping. Now, these dresses can cost like two or three, sometimes $4,000. Yeah. And so she went into the shop and she went in there and she found the dress that she wanted. It was awesome. She loved it. She was looking. She, was, she felt good. Now, it's, how we, it's important that she feels good. Yeah. It's important that she feels that she looks good. And she absolutely loved it. So she took some photos and so forth and so on. And then she showed it to her best friend. And her best friend went, wow, what a beautiful dress. Where did you get it from? And then she told her. And she said, oh, but that's like a cheap and nasty place. Do you know, some people have got the gift of opening up your eyes in a very negative way. Hey, listen, if you're one of them, come on, make a commitment that you're not going to be that person. Because you know what that girl did that day? She completely put a spirit of comparison into her. And now she went back to her mum. That dress was only like five or $600, which I think is still expensive. She went back to her mum and said, oh, it's not good enough. I need something better now. Why? Just because a friend chose to open the eyes of another friend. Hey, let's come on. Let's be the sort of people that we don't do that to our friends. Hey, when someone's built a beautiful home, we just say, what a beautiful home you've got. When someone's got a new car, you don't go, oh, did you get the car with the, with the four wheels, you know, four wheel drive? Or is it just the, oh, no, it's only the two wheel drive. Oh, you know, you know, they do come in four wheel drive. Why, why, why do that? You know, they were so happy with their dirt floors. They were so happy with, but now, now we've opened up their eyes. Some, some people have got the spiritual gift of opening up people's eyes for the negative. And we need to make a decision that we're not going to be that sort of person. Amen? Amen? Come on, come on. Let's give the Lord a shout of praise or something in this place if you know what I'm talking about. Some people, honestly, do have this gift of opening people's eyes and we've got to just be careful of it. Do you know, my wife, she's absolutely awesome. I really do love my wife and you would hope that I would say that. But she's absolutely awesome. Now, I've got to be honest, my wife, from the day we have been married, she irons my clothes. Yeah, 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 it is, right? Yeah, she irons my clothes. And, and, now please don't judge me too harshly on this, okay? Remember, these are our dirt floors, right? So, when we eat food, I will take my dishes to the sink, but my wife puts them into the dishwasher. That's the way we've been doing life for 23 years and we are still married and we actually still love each other. <laughs> right? But then there are some people in our lives, I don't want to mention who, my sister-in-law, <laughs> has to come down from Sydney and while I'm sitting there and I take my plate, she will say, what? Aren't you putting your dishes into the dishwasher? And I'm like, no. And then my wife goes, why? Does your husband do that? She goes, yeah. And that's when I sort of do that. And you, in the spiritual realm, you can hear the beep, 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 as I quietly get out of that room and go and try and find some duct tape that I can put over my sister-in-law's mouth because what she, I feel she's beginning to do is to open my wife's eyes to some... I've totally lost some of the women in this place, and that's okay. All I'm trying to say is... All I'm trying to say is... You know, sometimes if, if a marriage is working really, really well, how about we don't start, well, my husband, or does your husband do that? Oh, because all of a sudden what we start to do is start to inject comparison. And the minute we start doing that, things don't start going too well. 
Often when I'm counseling people, it's often, you know, there's a, a couple that I went to see recently. They were talking about some very intimate stuff about their own lives. And I said to her, why do you feel this is a problem? She said, because when I catch up with the girls, boom, bitty, boom, bitty, bum. And then the damn bitty, damn bitty, bum. And that's where it all started because her girlfriend started to tell her what was going on in their lives. And all of a sudden she became really upset because she thought, well, what about me? It isn't fair. I've had enough and I want my share and all that sort of stuff, right? Okay. Are you getting this? You know, some, some people, I mean, they're, they're just, they're, they're, some ladies are great cooks, some, some aren't. You know, I, I was just talking to somebody out in the foyer out there and I was just telling them what I was going to be t- speaking about and they said, you know what, my wife, my wife is, she treats me like an absolute God and I thought that's going to be awesome because it works... I said, what do you mean she treats you like a God? He goes, mate, she's continually offering me burnt offerings. <laughs> I thought, wow. Gee, that was sneaky. He really caught me out on that one. <laughs> oh, well. You guys are a funny church, eh? You guys, I've got to hand that to you. I remember I turned up to church once. I bought this brand new jacket, and it was in the day where it had like the, you know, the... Epaulets? Is that, what, is that what they're called? You know, like the army sort of thing. Brand new jacket. Just bought it from Maya. Turned up to church. And, and my, a, a friend of mine who's right into fashion, and he looked at me and he said, he said, what are you wearing that for? Are you a soldier? And I said, no. He said, well, you wouldn't be wearing that because it's really military and, and it's sort of, it's a bit hard. Well, you know what? I, I've never worn that jacket ever since. Now, I've got to tell you, shame on me that I, that I allowed someone else to speak that over my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on, young people. We, 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 we've got to write, when I say young, if you're under 93, I'm talking to you. <laughs> All right? As for the rest of you, I'm sorry. If you're over 93, sorry. But do you, do you remember this passage? Matthew 20, verse 10. Do you remember when it talked about the hiring of people? Remember some people were hired first thing in the morning? Some people were hired in the afternoon. Some people were hired late afternoon. Do you remember that? And then when the master was, was giving out the, the payment, remember, he got the people in who had only worked one hour and he paid them a full day's wage. And so these people who had worked a full day, when they, listen, when they saw what the first people were paid, who only worked an hour, the Bible says they supposed that they would get more. But the deal was they were, going only, they were only going to get a day's wage. But they supposed. Everyone say supposed. And because they supposed, by the time it got to them, they were complaining. Something they were happy with three seconds ago. Do you remember they were happy to work for a day's wage? But now they weren't happy because they saw. And I'm wondering what, what God initially gave you, we were so happy with. But because we saw, now we're getting into comparison and now we are unhappy with something we were very happy with. I'm wondering what it is that right now God would say, you know what? The spirit of comparison is winning you over. And God today wants to undo that. How do we undo it, friends? Well, quite simply, spirit of thankfulness. A spirit of thankfulness. Let me tell you a quick story young lady working at High Point Shopping Centre, the equivalent of your Eastland, I suppose. Is that the nearest one here? And she was working in a home store 
and uh, just outside of her home store was uh, Mrs. Fields. Do you guys have a Mrs. Fields cookies? So she goes in there and she buys uh, a 12-pack of, diff- of a variety of biscuits. And so she was going to have them with her coffee. So she orders them and she grabs them. They put them in the paper bag. And, and so she goes and she's trying to find a table. So she goes and finds a table and she sits down. And uh, as she sits there, she's drinking her coffee. She's very engaged in the newspaper. And, um, and she reaches out and she grabs one of her cookies and she starts to eat. And then there's a guy sitting, you know, there was like two tables and he was sort of sitting on the other table, but very close by. Well, he reaches out and grabs one of the cookies and starts eating it. And she's like, this is really weird. Anyway, she just thought, well, got many cookies left. So she then takes another one. Well, two minutes later, he grabs one working from the other side. So then she grabs it, because they're only small things. She grabs another one, he grabs another one. All of a sudden, they get down to the last cookie. He grabs the last cookie, breaks it in half, and gives it to her, and she's like... And he eats the other half. She's like, I can't... She, She cannot wait to get out of there to start telling the whole world what has just happened to her. And as she goes to get up, she grabs her bag, and she, as she looks into her bag, she sees that her cookies are actually in her bag. Yeah, she, what you, a minute ago you thought, who is this guy? Like, and now you're like, what an awesome guy. Come on, let's be honest. Like, who is this guy? To, what an awesome guy. He, he even broke one. Do you know sometimes, that person, I think, can, can be God. Yeah. You know, we feel like God's really doing the wrong thing by us. You know, we really think that he's not, he's not doing all the right things that he should be because of this spirit of comparison. But I think sometimes we've got to realize that what we have got, he has given us. You know, as we're complaining that we don't have the latest car, you've got a mind that can actually think about that. And as we're complaining that we can't run 42 kilometers like your neighbor did, but you can actually walk to work. And sometimes we are so discouraged by what we don't have. And God says, now, how about you look at what you do have? Amen. Do you want to kill the spirit of comparison? Do we want to kill it? Have a spirit of thankfulness. The, The seeds of comparison cannot grow in the soil of thankfulness. Amen. And I'm just wondering whether there are some people today where we need to crush that spirit. We need to crush it right now. Why? Because it will either kill you or it will kill someone else. The spirit of comparison will only do two things, friends. It will either only make you depressed at what people have got or it will make you proud as to what you've got. And God doesn't want either one of those things. How about we just don't compare at all? How about we just do that? Amen? Come on, why don't you stand with me in this place? I want to read one last scripture out to you. I'm wondering whether we can read it all out together. Can we do it all together? Galatians chapter 6, verse 4. Have we got it there, guys? Galatians 6, verse 4. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here we go. Are we ready? One, two, three. Pay careful attention 
to your own work, for then you will get the satisfaction of a job well done and you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I love that. I love that. I love that. God is saying, hey, listen, I've got a race for you to run and I've given you the right gifts for it. I've given you the right gifts. I've given you the right talents. I've given you the right friendships to run. Listen, not my race, but for you to run your race. And the minute you start comparing, that's like Usain Bolt. That's like Usain Bolt trying to win a race by watching what everyone else is doing. No, he doesn't do that. He just runs his own race. And it's like, catch me if you can. But for some of us, we think we're going to win the race by holding all the other competitors back. If I can hold everyone else back, that's how I'll win. No, no, no. Just run your race. Just do what God has called you to do. Study what God has called you to study. Go to the places that you want to wear the clothes that you want to wear. Amen. Oh, man, I need to wear those jeans. Hey, listen, they won't look too good on you, those ones. Just wear the ones that you feel good on you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Don't worry about that house. Listen, that 86 square home that you think you want, you have to clean it. Come on. You hearing me? Seriously. You gotta, and you know, the nicer the car you've got, the, the more you park it further away because you're so nervous about everyone scratching it and opening their doors on it. So I'm serious. Sometimes just enjoy the life you've got. Be very thankful for it. Amen. And then you won't have to compare yourself to anybody else. But I didn't achieve everything that God had for me. Are you sure? Or are you just comparing your life with someone else? Are you sure about that? I'm not on the road to where I... Are you sure about that? Because God loves every one of us in this place. And the Bible says your life is in the palm of His hand. Amen. And sometimes we jump out of it out of a spirit of comparison and God says no why don't you just stay there I've got your life I've got it it's so funny as a pastor you pretty much know what's going on in people's worlds it wasn't too long ago there was a lady right about there and she had a little baby on her shoulder a little baby and I could see a single girl looking at this girl and I know that this girl wants to get married and she wants to have a baby and I can see her looking at her going God why why can't I have that and that's a fair enough question but but she was letting it get her down but what she doesn't know is I was watching this girl look at this single girl thinking God why can't I get to sleep in anymore And if, you know, if we were to go around the room, he, he, you're comparing yourself to him, but he's comparing himself to you. And, and I wish I had that, but how come I don't have this? Do you know what? It's a really dangerous game, friends. It's a really dangerous. As a pastor, I've learned. I love my church. And I love what other churches are doing. I'm not going to compare our church to their church. They're in a different country, in a different state, with different people, doing different things. You can't compare. And all it does is it makes you either get proud about your church because oh we're bigger than them or you get discouraged oh we're so much smaller than them how about you don't do either of those and just say God thank you for what we've got we love you Lord you're awesome this is beautiful anybody encouraged here today are you encouraged 
Okay, come on, why don't we bow our heads in this place? We trust you enjoyed this week's message. For any more information about Activate Church, check out our website, www.activatechurch.com or download our app online and have a great week.